have, in this case, John, the gospel writer, dedicating half, half of his gospel to this final lead up of being the Lamb of God, uh, beginning with the, the, um, the, the triumphal entry, which is right, right, coming right after this, where that is the day that you choose the Lamb for the Passover, uh, all the way until he actually is our Lamb who takes away the sin of Joey, who takes away the sin of Mike. Every, every one of Jesus' miracles as curated and captured by John in this gospel is not random. They are all to reverse the damage done by sin. They are all brought into this beautiful picture that we have here in John's gospel to show that Jesus truly grieves for, for what happened in the fall. Uh, and that we all, in, in, in our representation in Adam, uh, would have done the same, and then some. And you say to yourself, oh no, not me. If, if it were me in a garden, we'd all be naked right now. God is more than fair. And the, the effects of the fall are more than our, our actual lot that, that would yeah. have been ours if, if we were in that place. Yeah. But let's, let's go ahead, though, and jump into the story and get a little bit deeper. Uh, I'm going to have two points tonight, and here we go. Now, a certain man was ill. Let me jump over to NIV. Now, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Bethany is just over the crest of the hill near Jerusalem. There's a, a hill there, Mount of Olives. And a little valley in between called the Kidron Valley. And then there's the, the hill on which Jerusalem is built. And just again, if this is Jerusalem, valley, halfway up the valley is the Garden of Gethsemane. At the top of it is the Mount of Olives. And on the backside, just slightly on the backside, is where they are in, in, in Bethany. So uh, this Mary, verse 2, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. We're going to get that story in the next chapter. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? The, the one that he loved was sick, so he stayed two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. That's a loaded phrase. What happened in chapter 10 in Judea? just moments before at the last feast, they all had him dead to rights, trained with stones in their hands to kill Jesus and likely even his followers. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Oh, I'm sorry, verse eight. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, 
Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he's, he's going to get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. And this is a normal phrase, by the way. We don't talk about it as much now. You know, we say, you know, he, he went on to a better place or passed away. We say passed away. In the same way we say passed away, they would say fall asleep. They, it was a, a very, as common as could be. So the idea that there's confusion is not surprising because it's not a foreign idea to say someone's fallen asleep to mean that they passed away or that they died. Uh, so he told them plainly, verse 14, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let's go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, which means the twin, said to the rest of the disciples, hey, let's go also that we may die with him. And again, Thomas gets a bum rap for being doubting Thomas. Thomas has got a radical edge to, to him for sure. The first point is, if you're going to take action, do it in the daylight. If you're going to take action, do it in the daylight. And, and as they're all wondering what it is that they should be doing right now, and Jesus says in, in verse 9, hey, if you walk in the daytime, you're not going to stumble. But if you walk at night, you're going to stumble because you're not going to have light. But what he's referring to here is not just sunlight. He's referring to one of the last things that he just said about himself. What was one of his I am statements? I am the light of the world. And when he says that, for they see by the light of the world, is, is actually what it says. Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the light of the world. Uh, so that would have been unmistakable, of course, for them. And, and I think for us, if we're going to take action, whatever that might be, action in your personal life, action with your family, action as you try to do something for the, the glory in the name of Jesus, what Jesus is saying here is, do it with him. Do it with him as your guide. Do it with him illuminating what it is that you should be about. He doesn't get into details about all of this, but if you do it with him, the chances of you doing something that's going to have a massive impact is going to be that much greater. But if you try to do it on your own insight, your own light, uh, your own best illumination of, of, of a situation, oh my goodness, what, what might be the case there? Uh, a lot of us have big decisions in different seasons of our life. It might be that, hey, my, my, my kid is going through something. How do I help him through it? Should I be kind of erring on the side of maybe coddling him right now because he needs it and he's had a rough run? Or should I be erring on the side of letting him grow up through, through this situation right now? Uh, I've got a job opportunity that's coming up. Is this from the Lord? Is this not from the Lord? How, should, should I go for this? It's going to give me more money. Does that always mean that that's from the Lord? Right? I think of any of the big, and, and, and for some of the brothers on like dating situations, but that, that girl, I don't know. Uh, she sure is pretty and spiritual. Uh, I meant to say that first. She sure is spiritual. You've, you've got stuff that here's hoping you have the same get up and go that these disciples had. And that as you have some get up and go to let's, let's do something for Jesus, 
that it really is for Jesus, by Jesus, informed by, by Jesus as well. Uh, because if it, if it really is just something out of maybe your own ambition, oh my goodness, that's, that's danger zone there. It is that person who will stumble. Stumble is not a small word, by the way. It's, it's, it's a word that often talks about falling into sin. And when we head down action in darkness, uh, it's often the case that stumbling is quickly associated with that action that we, we, we try to take. Uh, think, think of even an action of maybe I'm going to reach out to that spiritual looking girl at work. Well, again, if that is done, let's say in darkness, right? Not with really putting this before the Lord, not with kind of, hey, you know what? I better check my heart on this. Let me ask other truly spiritual men what, what, what they have as an insight and an advice path for, for, for this very thing. Right? You, you, it, it's a massive difference when you do that in the light versus when you do it in the darkness. I, I had a, a time when I was working at Coca-Cola and, you know, this girl, you know, she's coming out to church, getting excited. But you know what? I then went into darkness completely. Long phone calls, uh, flirtations that I knew were flirtations, but it made me feel great. And she was coming out to church and she was eager to get with the sisters. But at the same time, it made me feel great. I'd just gone through a, a major life upheaval, was feeling all sorts of vulnerabilities and you know, kind of susceptible to all that. But again, not a good excuse to, to choose darkness. As a matter of fact, if anything, that's a time that the only safety is in the light right. rather than how easy it is to be able to stumble. But my goodness, if, if we embrace living in the light as, as brothers, wow, what a difference our path will be. But if we somehow think, I got this, my insight is okay here, I'm going to manage this situation, I'm going to orchestrate this situation, he basically says that's where stumbling occurs. You know, I, I know for me, the depth of my arrogance and darkness through that situation with that, that girl um, is, is something that I still have a hard time letting go of in my life, of realizing I knew better and I kept going down that path. And it, it, it scared me then, and it, it scares me now, honestly, that I would ever go so dark in something so big as that. But you know what, even on, on little things, guys, you know, of like, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch something off of this. Are we doing it in the light or in the darkness? Here's a simple way just to do it in the light. Is I, And I, I've made this a bit of a spiritual discipline habit is, you know, like before you consume a meal, you often pray a prayer. And it doesn't matter how nasty that meal is, you still are asking Jesus to nourish you through that meal. But, but I think it's that same idea of whatever it is that is this incredible blessing that we have a chance to consume. And, and certainly, you know, with media and arts and talents and all of those things that are swirling around us, and we have opportunities to actually partake to, to, to consume some of these things, what would be the difference if before you opened up your Netflix search that you said, you know what, Jesus, thank you for this wonderful day. Uh, please bless this media that I'm going to search for right now. And God, as I search for this, let it be only something that is in your light, in your guidance, to your glory 
something that would not cause any stumbling and that I would have the spiritual discernment with you. And if not with, with, with you alone, if I need it from some other brothers, that before I consume this, that I'll bounce this off of somebody who might even know better than I, uh, rather than to just simply go down a path of darkness right now. What a difference would that be if... That was kind of weird, wasn't it? It was like a play of a prayer, but then sort of a prayer. And like, I'm watching him pray, or am I just watching him talk about praying? Right? I, yeah, I just want to be open about how you all look at me right now. But anyway, but, but what if? What if we dedicate... Even something as simple as that, how fewer stumbles that there would be in our life. Now, if we apply that to everything again and again, that, that we are dedicating this, that we're making this about the light of Christ, that this is the light of the world that is guiding this direction that I go, that I get to be, who knew, I get to be someone guided by the light of the world? What a privileged man you are, that that could be your, your path. And my goodness, to be reminded of that through a simple spiritual discipline of connection, even through prayer. Wow, what an amazing thing. Again, if you're going to take action, take action in the light. Because that action in the dark, my goodness, think of, think of how different it would be every single time. Whether that's kind of re- reaching out to a, a, a woman that could be a perilous situation of some sort. What it is that you're uh, searching on the net. Uh, how it is that you're conducting yourself on social media. All of those things in darkness hold massive, sad potholes of stumbling. Yeah. But brothers, come on. Let's, let's encourage one another. Let's offer it to one another that if I could in some way be, as Ephesians calls you, children born of light that have nothing to do with the sinful deeds of darkness, but rather to expose them, to, to, to shed light on them. Wow, what, what a difference that we would really be with all of that. Amen. And my second point is, if you're going to miss, aim high. Because these guys begin to miss over and over again at this point. And, and especially, they're, they're missing what Jesus is saying, even about Lazarus. Right? They're, they're, they're thinking, is he asleep? I don't know. But, but at every turn, they're thinking something better. Right? Oh, he's just falling asleep? Well, then... That's awesome. Come on. How great is that? That he's getting some nourishing, restful sleep. That's probably what he needs. Just some, some good night's sleep. And man, what, what kind of health to his bones that'll bring. You, you don't want to be the guy that always aims low when you're off the mark. Now, they're off the mark here. But you don't want to be the guy of, of like, oh, man, I, I, I figured he was already dead. After I heard away that. <laughs> Or even a little later in the story of, hey, let's go with them. Maybe we're all going to die. <laughs> but that's radical. And Jesus loves that kind of raw material, I think. Because Peter even says it, doesn't he? He'll say it in John 13. We're going to encounter it in just a little bit. He says, hey, even if I have to die with you, I'm not going to deny you. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but he's... But he's, he's at least ready for, for, for the radical edge of what's going to come with that. And you don't want to be the guy who is like, uh, no, let's not go to Jerusalem. That's too scary. Right, who wants to be that? Oh, let's not, let's not go to Jerusalem. It's just, it's, it's just not prudent. Probably better for us just to kind of hunker down here 
until all of the controversy blows over. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be the wiser thing to do? Well, not only are they aiming low, they're also aiming by their own light. Not, not, not by Jesus's light. And again, I love Tom. I, I love Thomas. I do feel like, again, the Bible doesn't call him doubting Thomas. Right? It just has this tiny little moment where he, he's, he does have a doubt, but it's followed by the grandest statement in all of Scripture, my Lord and my God. The dude goes to India, launches missions throughout all of India that has endured to this day, sends Thaddeus, his disciple, even into China itself that, that has had an impact that is now archaeological evidence is starting to show us what, what it is that he did. This is Thomas, this is radical Thomas, never mind all the radical edge stuff he did in Armenia before he went over to there and just how he just turned the world upside down and all of that. Uh, but, but for him to, to also be the guy that gets stuck with doubting Thomas, man, unfair. This is, this is aim high Thomas. This is radical Thomas. This is um, the man in the arena, Thomas who will never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. And again, there, there's something about us as men that, man, let us have the raw materials that aim high, that presume something wonderful and radical, that presume something faithful rather than something fearful. Let us be men that we, we can have those raw materials that Jesus can then shape. Thomas didn't change the world because of his attitude. He changed the world because Jesus shaped it. But man, let's, let's, let's bring him something that, that yeah. he can really shape. Yeah. And, and I think even as, as we launch North Beach, we launch Norfolk, we launch South, we're, we're relaunching all of that, your Bible talks don't need you to aim low. Right? Let us go to North Beach so that we can die there as well. Let us head into Norfolk so we may die with the Bible talk leader, with Jesus, as, as, as we go there. Sure. Now, of course, we don't, we don't even have that as a real consequence. Who's going to kill you on, on Great Neck? Why not, with all conditions beautiful, all conditions wonderful, not going to Great Neck where we're going to Great Neck? Oh, my. They were going to kill us there. It's just a little while ago, remember? They were getting ready to stone us all there. No. They're waiting for us to meet there because in their kind of complacent version of Christianity, that's going to be a whole lot easier for them where we can then shake them up uh, when, they, when they arrive in a convocation of actual Christians coming together for the real cause of Jesus Christ. Amen. But my goodness, are you the one that's stoking the faith of your new small group? Are, are you the one that's saying, you know what? What if, as we get into these new geographic configurations, what if... We just bring out the map and, and we target every single house in concentric circles around where we're going to meet until we get every single house uh, of, of, of up to 200 houses around, around this new spot where we're going to meet. Why not be that person? Why not be the one that is, that is faithful? And if you end up in a, in a weird spot, well, then let Jesus shape it. He'll shape it. But he's also going to enjoy the fact that you got some raw materials that he can really work with. And, and to not be the, the pessimist, right? Oh, yeah, Lazarus. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing's ever going to help him. Right? No, every, whether it's you, your family, your kids, 
your dynamics in the in the small group in the Bible talk, are are, are you the one that's also saying, ah, oh, he's sleeping, he's going to get better, or you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I I don't think anything's going to make a difference for my marriage. I don't think anything's going to make a difference for my Bible talk. I don't think anything's going to make a difference for my my conditions at work. How how about Aiming high. And if you've got to get corrected, let Jesus correct you. But then consider the the facts, but don't waver in unbelief uh, considering those those very real things. I think we got a pretty cool picture here of of Jesus not making things super clear, to say the least, to his disciples. And having things exposed by them that are really relevant to us. They They didn't really understand... Why we're waiting two days until we go to Lazarus? Like, I, don't, I don't get why that's happening. But in every one of their assumptions, they assumed something faithful. Amen. And again, we may not know, we may have silence in our prayers from Jesus, but I think recognize that, my goodness, am I assuming, even in the silence of my prayers, that I've got a good Jesus who's arranging something rather remarkable that I get to be part of? I might be shaped in my character. I might be enlightened in my understanding of his sovereignty. I might end up in a position that I never would have put myself in before that is suddenly going to be really a, a pivot point of my entire life. Right? Why not have that as your default? And, and again, as Jesus shapes it, it's only going to be able to take what you have as your default and him be able to use it in a tremendous direction. Look at, look at Peter. Look at Andrew. Look at Simon the Zealot. Look at the raw material that he had in these guys. Uh, he, he picked some guys that in, in many ways were a mess, but they were out there. And, and, they, and he used the raw materials. So again, none of us is, is what we need to be in and of ourselves. But, but why not just bring all energy, all that we have, all assumptions, all projections to Jesus in a way that he can use it to, to unlimited, unparalleled glory. So we're going to break into, into discussion groups. And I think whether you feel like it's more important tonight in, in your group to talk about you living life in the light more than in the dark, or whether you need to talk about having a default that aims high, uh, a default that, that assumes nothing but the greatest, especially all things Jesus as, as they're kind of being uh, going down in our life. Or, or even some of the initiatives that we're about to take. Maybe you're feeling a little unsettled by some of the changes we're making in, in the small groups or whatever might be going on. But, but I think what, whichever of those areas it is, man, let's talk about that and let's, let's be there for one another to shape one another in some small way to, to be what Jesus wants us to be for one another, uh, to, to shape us with the raw materials that we have to do stuff that is just going to be astounding for Virginia Beach and Norfolk. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and uh, and break to our uh, our smaller...